Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 71. Garth, Marengi. Marengi, I, I think. Marengi. Yeah. Garth, <laughs> Marengi's dark place. A maverick doctor battles evil in a hospital in Romford. Sounds amazing. So, <laughs> welcome everyone. It's just me and you, you in at the moment. Hopefully yep. we may get someone else on, but you never know. Um, right. This is Larry's pick. Okay. So I was hoping, as it's one of his favourites, that he would actually be here. But I know he was filming. I know he's doing reshoots for his movie. Um, I know there's a lot of work to be done on it because it's hopefully going to go on Prime and things. So he's trying to wrap things up. So if he's not here, that's fair enough. Very important things to get on with. Um, so it's just me and Ewan. Jess yeah. has been moving. No internet still, as far as I know. Um, mm. But she may be on next week. You never know. This week, what have I been doing? Watching loads of films, watching six episodes of Garth, however you say it. <laughs> Garth um, Marengi. Marengi. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> place. So six of that. And uh, yeah, just catching up on work and lots of football and things like that. Um, Ewan, what have you been up to? Uh, well, the sort of usual thing, really. I've just been sort of, um, uh, you know, reviewing movies and stuff um, and TV shows, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to later. I'll tell you what, though, the, the, the um, it's funny because they're sort of on like TV podcasts and stuff. I've heard a lot of critics talk about um, how uh, they're annoyed at the fact that uh, when they get online screeners, so essentially they're sort of, um, episode they're sent episodes of tv shows in order to review them and often they on the screen they come up with a watermark so that the critic in question can't copy it and send it off and pirate it and stuff even though that's probably never going to happen with the critic um yep. uh and so often the watermark covers a lot of a, a, a portion of the screen and lots of critics go on about sort of what they sort of whinge about the fact that it, it skewers part of the screen and it's really distracting and stuff but i've never really had a problem with it i can usually ignore it when it comes up but annoyingly it's happened recently with i, I won't name the production the distributor but it's oh go on um, no, no i don't want to get in trouble with them <laughs> but but the watermark it's it's a it's um a, sh a show from a, a different country so there are subtitles and the watermark okay. is over the subtitles <laughs> oh wow i would like to take this opportunity for any distributors who are out there please check <laughs> before you put a watermark that is not covering vital subtitles it's not it's not it's it's not um impossible because it's like it, it's like only partially obscures the subtitles but you have to like getting close and read them yeah. so so I, i've been sort of spending this week getting a bit annoyed about that but um i'm not that... though but you didn't know what was going on well well i try i, <laughs> I try i tried to email the uh distributor seeing if i can get it sorted but i, I think i have to i have to sort of um bite my <laughs> tongue and just, just get on with it but uh yeah i'll see if i can watch it tonight and see if i can make sense of what's going on <laughs> yeah that would be quite annoying i don't mm. find that annoying Greetings, Dan. Uh, he's joined us. It's great. We should get him on one day. I'm sure he'd mm. love it. Um, <laughs> get subtitles on him. Yeah, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So let's have a chat about this. I was really hoping Larry was here because it's going to be so difficult because I did enjoy this. Mm. Um, so it was written, it was released in 2004, so fairly old. Yeah. Fairly old. Um, writ- written by Richard, how do you say his name? Ayodi? Ayuadi. Ayuadi. And Matthew Holness. Yep. Holness. Holness, yeah. So he, so the Richard played Dean Lerner and uh, Matthew played Garth. They also wrote and directed it, I think, between them. Yeah. So, um, so I think, I think they both wrote it together, and Richard Ayuadi uh, directed all the episodes. Yeah. So it starred Alice Lowe. Um, I know her, the Madeline character um, from Prevenge. I don't know if you've seen that. I think I haven't seen it. I've, I've heard good things. Though, very, very good. I, I think it was Shudder I watched it on. Hmm. Uh, and it had Matt Berry as Todd Rivers. And that yep. voice is amazing. It's an amazing voice, isn't it? It's and just so distinctive. <laughs> he, is it Todd? Uh, yeah. So when I first watched this, I was getting this feel of, kind of the mighty boosh and then i was proved right straight away when most of the cast are in it at yeah. different points mm. um and also a bit of little bit of red dwarf it's like maybe some of the film crew were from red dwarf it just this just the way it was set out i don't know it just maybe it was the era but it, it certainly felt like that to me um the comedy mm. is definitely like like the kind of thing i would watch and I you know I watched at that time and still watch now um tongue in cheek isn't it so there were mm. six episodes of this apparently there was only four Larry thanks for that um so <laughs> six and it's rotten tomato score what do you think you're in um well it's interesting because I, I I I think I know this sort of IMDB score which is like it's, it's actually all right so like yeah. 8.1 or something like that um, I, I wonder because Rotten Tomatoes is quite, it's quite international. I wonder if like Americans would get it, if you know what I mean, because it's quite sort of. It, it, it's not in America. I think they have it on Peacock, and I don't know mm. that. I don't really know what it is. It's some kind of probably a free streaming service, maybe. Uh, well, it's a. Uh, as far as I know, it's a. Uh, it's one of those streaming services that runs one. Uh, uh one package with ads and a more premium one without ads so it's that sort of yeah so uh (laughs) (laughs) so there were six episodes and i've kind of listened i forgot which one had the broccoli in so we'll get to that in a bit um it might have been the last one was it but uh yeah i think it was yeah the last one episode one was once upon a beginning and i think it had a cat in it um (laughs) Well, I can't remember too much about that because I was a bit gobsmacked at what I was watching. Um, yeah, I didn't think I mean, it'd be like I mean, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so was I. I mean, it's a sort of um, it kind of it's almost sensory overload in some ways when you watch it. It's kind of yeah. there are so many things happening <laughs> happening at once. It's the sort of um, it such sort of I mean, going by the absurdity of it. So basically, it's like it it starts off as like a. A sort of um one of these like documentaries about a, a series that was made in the 80s a horror series that was made in the 80s and it's made very much like those um those documentaries are made so sort of it reminded me a bit of um 
uh, Mark Kermode's documentary on The Exorcist, Fear of God, which is a very, which is a very good documentary. It's just to stick, stick it out, but it's got those very, the, those sort of same kind of very cheesy elements, like those like talking heads and and the person <laughs> and Garth Marenghi like at the top of a staircase, kind of delivering his lines. And yeah, well, it, yeah. and every episode starts off with him reading a section from his novel. From his, from his <laughs> novel. Yeah, mm. and it's always brilliant because it's just like it's. It's just satirizing, like, you know, basic horror writing, which is like, and, you know, you can sort of see elements of like, I mean, you know, maybe some of the worst paragraphs that Stephen King has written. It's very much uh, um, sort of trying to take the piss out of that in some ways. Um, and no, it's, <laughs> and yeah, the first episode, it, it takes, it takes a bit of time to get into, like, I don't think I got really into it till the second episode, I think. No. Um, two secs. I've just got my internet's kind of failing, so I've got a funny feeling. My okay. uh, children are downloading loads of stuff as I'm trying to uh, do this podcast, mm. which would be typical of them, really. <laughs> anyway, I'll what send do you that. Think they're downloading. So, <laughs> it's probably game updates and stuff like that. There'd be all sorts. Mm. So, um. As Dan's just said here, so the first episode is he's put what the fuck is this? Larry shall burn. And <laughs> after after the second episode, he's thinking this is actually fun. So uh mm. hang on. So uh yeah. That's what I found, and especially when we got to Skipper the Eye Child. I think that's that's it's definitely that's definitely my favorite episode of yeah. the of the lot. Well, for me, Scotch Mist as well, and Skip yeah. the Eye Child. I I remember those two, you know, especially the eye. That was just hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of. Yeah, he's talking about he reads a bit of his novel in every episode, and then starts acting. So he's kind of he writes it, and then he's the actor in each episode. Mm. And the learn no the Dean Lerner character is he he plays the main man doctor or boss, but he's also what else is he in? Yeah, so I mean, so so Richard Awardy he plays a uh, Dean Lerner who in the real life of this of this show is the publisher of Garth Marenghi's horror books. There you go. Um, yeah. And when he and when Garth Marenghi goes to making his horror series, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Um, he is he plays um, yeah the head doctor um, of of because because the dark place is dark place hospital um, so it's kind of like uh, it's a sort of a soapy medical drama but wrapped in a sort of um, a sort of horror TV show atmosphere kind of like sort of vaguely Twilight Zoney. But also, I, I I I haven't seen many horror series from that from that time. But you can kind of see that they've that they've got like they've sort of taken from loads of references from um, various cheesy and sort of um, not sound insulting, but sort of the sort of cheap and tack, the cheaper and tackier um, yeah. horror movies that were probably made at the time. So maybe sort of like Hammer Horror kind of kind of vibe. Um, We're amazing, and, Hammer Horror. Yeah, I I have to confess I haven't seen many of them, but it's quite it's quite interesting how um, I quite like how he's sort of uh, how 
Garth Marenghi's Dark Place kind of it both takes the piss out of the fact that a lot of those films were cheap and tacky and the sound's not quite right and the shots are weird and uh, and the, the acting is, is quite bad. But there's also a kind of, I don't know, there's a deep-seated appreciation for them or, or respect for them. Um, also, I, 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 yeah, exactly. Like The video is being shown up now of Richard I already shooting a shotgun in a graveyard. <laughs> And then, then it pans back to him, and he's just stood there. But no, see what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's so good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> my wife died. I could barely finish my lunch. It's great because I, because I think also it's his his performance. I mean, that's I mean that's what Richard Ayoade does best is that sort of deadpan nasal yes. uh, nonsense that he's able that he's able to do so well and you can clearly see um he made it crowd um i think a couple of years after it and you can see like elements of morris moss his character in it crowd in in that character yeah. um especially i mean it was funny i watched um let's see i i went i went to ken um over the weekend and i watched the third episode mostly on my phone in my living room and then i decided to watch the i had to get, get a train so i had to watch the first, the last 5 minutes um on the train and i tell you what it was so difficult not to laugh out loud on the carriage because <laughs> there was a bit there was a specific bit when it kind of the episode kind of wraps up and um and uh and the um and so the Dean Lerner character, the head, the head of the um, hospital, um, after the whole debacle with Skipper the Eye Child, um, the two the two doctors go, "We're going to see how how the guy is doing. Do you want to come along?" And then, then, then Richard Arnold's character goes, "No." <laughs> and then just turns around and goes. And I'll tell you what, I had to struggle to keep my lips together in the carriage, and it's that sort of um, it, it, it it's so. It, oh, uh, Jess has just come into the chat. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and it's um, it, it, it's very sort of representative of those really sort of like because Richard Iwadi knows how, how in detail how films are made, and he's a he's very much a cinephile in in in, in that respect. So he knows what works and what doesn't, and he and I think he knows when directors get it wrong um it's it's a good example because i we actually lawrence and i watched this we were showing this and we were showing a clip of this in uni um specifically to show how not to make films basically and i i'm gonna make a claim now and it might be wrong i reckon that every filmmaker or every aspiring filmmaker has at some point been Garth Marenghi because I think there are just so many he uh, um and uh, Matthew Holness do it so well where they manage to show all the mistakes that filmmakers make when at the beginning because because you know filmmakers aren't born with all this information they don't they don't know that they have to sync up the sound properly they don't know that you have you can't have um a sort of um a close-up where there's a delay and then someone enters in, in, in that sort of really basic way. Obviously, when you're watching it, it's obvious. But when you, when you're making the thing, it's not. And you're and you're at sort of amateur status. You don't you don't know these things, and so it's hilarious to watch it. At least from my perspective, because you can see 
it just reminded me of my time at uni because everyone at uni made these mistakes um either out of laziness or just not or they just didn't research or they just didn't have the appropriate experience in order to make what they wanted to make but it's it and but that added a layer that another layer of, of hilarity to me it, it's also um again it, it's representative of those um sort of cheaper movies like there was that like i think i think a few episodes clearly took from sort of uh the uh, italian giallo movies um and for some reason um italy's the italy's films um, many westerns and horrors have a sort of tradition of not of not sinking sound properly yeah. Yeah. I, I don't i don't know where that comes from but it's sort of um it's a strange sort of um tradition and i think you can see that they've they've sort of implemented that in some ways and sort of uh taken the piss out of it um but I, I've, it, it's interesting. I, I think after Skipper the Eye Child, which is probably one of the most bizarre episodes of television but that I've ever just, watched. Just on that one, yeah. It's, the story is that he lost his son. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah which is half half grasshopper, <laughs> half grasshopper son, which was absolutely amazing. He's just, uh, that made me laugh a lot because um, he just bloody bounced around a little bit and stuff yeah how did he how did he die again he he died he died it's explained at the end of the episode where he jumps up and there's a helicopter (laughs) 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 just just sort of almighty silliness in this episode it's it's like the third episode was just their opportunity just to go let's go completely off the wall even though and I, I think actually, um, it doesn't get better than that episode. I, I think I kind of like four and five. Um, I think it picked up again by six, but I think four and five they they sort of started to dry up slightly um, because it kind of it weirdly it became a bit samey. It, it sort of yeah. had the same structure as everything else. So I, you know, I was kind of expecting something surreal, and when it wasn't as surreal as episode three, it was kind of. Um, I don't know. It wasn't disappointing, but it was a sort of because it was still funny. The episodes are still really funny, and it's a laugh a minute. But it's kind of like I don't know. I, I don't think it gets better than that third episode. So generally, they worked. Were they doctors? They were doctors, weren't they? Yeah. So Jess says hi. Yeah, <laughs> Jess says hi. Um, they're doctors, but they're getting spooked by all these things yeah I, I didn't understand why they were oh, they <laughs> kind of opened some portals or something. i don't know but it was it was just his books that made no sense really yeah um, i mean i wonder i yeah i, I wonder if it's like because because there was a um a series that lars von trier made sort of um vaguely inspired by twin peaks called um kingdom and it was set in a hospital it was a kind of surreal um horror set in hospital and i wonder if um uh if wholeness and ayawadi took from that um but uh uh but yeah but i i think it was purely just to make make it ridiculously elaborate because i think that's that's sort of garth Marenghi's um <clears throat> drive is to make things as elaborate as possible um and just uh <laughs> and, and again it's that it's that kind of sort of almost amateur writer um situation where instead of like 
going forward with a specific narrative with plot and theme strictly going forward yeah yeah yeah. garth murray just goes all over the place <laughs> because that's where that's how his mind works without like editing it down or whatever um and um but uh yeah it's um it's a very strange series <laughs> i have to say well that's i've got that's why i wish larry was on it because it was just i've seen similar stuff um that type of humor um, lots of times and it was really good but not horror really i would say yeah i mean it's sort but of it, yeah it's it's sort of taking the piss out of out of horror out of horror because like even skipper the eye child is amazingly funny i think my son sat there and watched it and dad what the hell is this <laughs> and i was like wow so larry really enjoys watching it um so yeah, we make it, and he, he he watched a couple of episodes with me, to be honest, and then mm. he got bored. Um, I can't even remember what happened in the last one. Can we talk about that? So you have got the creeping moss from the shores of Sugoff. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, so it's the it's it's the broccoli episode, isn't it? So it's broccoli one. So something infects the water, makes it turn turn green, but no one notices that the water is turned. Oh green. yes, and they're dead in. I think that's it, yeah. Oh, or is that wow. Right? That's yeah. Jason Brandt. Thanks, Jace, for watching. Oh no, oh no, I might I might be wrong actually. I might be wrong. I think I think the green water is like turns them into Oh no, 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 I'm wrong. The green water turns them into monkeys or something. Um you can see how you can get these episodes mixed up. Well no, the... they're all a bit samey, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. In a way. In a way. But yeah, one of them had green water and he didn't drink it did he no um guys um, he, he didn't drink it. everyone else did and richard iwadi's character only drunk a little bit which is why he wasn't affected <laughs> they, they were very emphatic <laughs> on that <laughs> <laughs> so dan's just put never understood the grasshopper boy only larry's brain can explain that and then it'll be down to interpretation anyway <laughs> I would love. So, I would love to read a book that thoroughly went into uh, a, a sort of like you know interpretive analysis of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I think you could make a killing out of that. It'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to know because obviously I would have most likely watched something totally different to what Larry watched. He <laughs> kind of could have explained it all to me. Um, so I'm not going to spend a massive amount of time because I've got a lot to talk about tonight and. Probably we'll revisit this with Larry anyway next week. Mm. Um, so if you were dishing out bonus, what are you looking at? I think I would give it uh, a seven, uh, seven bonus. I, I think, again, it did make me laugh a lot. Um, it's uh, And I think it's so inventive and so precise, like all the decisions made and all the filmmaking decisions, even though, the aim is to make it look as as rubbish as possible. It, it's done so precisely and so elegantly, um, elegantly terrible in some ways. Um, but I think after the third episode, it kind of drops off a bit because I think I I, I think the third episode just really went off the handle and really did what they wanted to do. And I think the next episodes were kind of trying or it felt like they were trying to parody themselves in some ways and it was kind of um it was less interesting then um and i, and I can understand why it didn't get a, a second series um 
because I think I think that because I think after a while, it, uh, I'd, I'd, I would like I would have liked to have watched this like almost week by week because I think binging this isn't really isn't really great for your brain. I, I think forced you... it. Yeah, I forced <laughs> it. Like, do you know what it's like? You're trying to do your everyday stuff in life, like trying to write invoices and watch this at the same time or feed children <laughs> yeah. or, or yeah. shout at children to stop fighting. You know, all, all this. <laughs> All this yeah. stuff, you know, everyday life and trying to squeeze them all in. And I would have preferred, yeah, maybe three episodes been good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I'd agree you with know. that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Did you watch Dan's Hot Pick? I did not, no. Okay, it's just going to be me. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on to Dan's Hot Pick. So this was a pick with Yeah. This was a let's get to my notes. Okay. 2009 Norwegian comedy horror film. Um Directed by Tommy Wercola. Probably ruined that as well, like I normally do. <laughs> so, seven students on an Easter vacation arrive at a small cabin near Osford. Is that how you say it, Dan? Um, so, they arrive at this cabin, you know, to have fun. They're out on there. What are those machines called? What are those... You sit on them, it's like a car with skis on, right? Yeah. About on snow. What's one of those called? Uh, uh, I don't know, ski ledger? I, I'm not sure. No, I need to go, come on, Dan, give it to me. What is it? <laughs> um, so you can ride around on these things. So Dan's probably got one. He probably goes to work on it. So like... Oh, what are they called? It's like a snowmobile. Snow, snowmobile. Snowmobile. Jess has just come snowmobile, in. Snowmobile, Jess. Well yeah. done. So, like, there we go. So, they're all having fun on that. And they're visited by some strange bloke telling them they really shouldn't be there. And he's off. And then he goes off camping and he gets killed by some World War II Nazi German zombie. <laughs> um <laughs> And there's Excellent. lots of these things. I think does uh, someone let some dynamite off or something like that, and it opens up some kind of thing in the ground, and the zombies escape and go around. Um, but, I'm were they all buried there? And I've been butchering zombies. names for a couple of years, um, and I got no idea what that means. I have a snow snores quarter. I assume that's I, what they call the the snowmobile. In is it not what they call Nazi Germans? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't... And it's got the little fella there with his with the eyes and his mouth open again. You see him? So, and it's just basically what would happen. How how many decent kills you can have? How many that the kids die? I think nearly all of them. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And I I kind of I did I ordered it because I had it, but I thought I just get myself the Blu-ray. It was only a couple of pounds as well. Um, I loved it. Had the subtitles on. So I had to do some reading, which was good. Uh, 
that went down well. And I'd highly recommend it. And I wanted Larry because Larry was meant to watch Evil Ed as well. Okay, from <laughs> last week. And talk about this. And I'm being, you know. But I'd recommend it. I'd give it seven. Seven bonus. Easy. We'll watch it again soon. And there is a sequel, Dead Snow 2. Red versus Dead, I think it's called. Red versus <laughs> Dead. Red versus Dead. I think that's so called English as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. And that was it. So hopefully Dan will come up with something else for us to uh, get confused about next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure it'll be your cup of tea, Ewan. It's... I, I'd give it a try, see what it's like. I know my dad really likes it. Does he? Um, he yeah, because he's into all that sort of... He's, he's into his like World War II history and stuff like that. And he, he tends to watch these uh, documentaries like these, you know, BBC Four documentaries or History Channel documentaries about, you know, the rise of Hitler and stuff like that. And I think he probably uh, I, I think that's why he likes it, because it's just like just dead zombies, you know. <laughs> Great. It, it's perfect, really. For I sat there, had a couple of beers, watched it. Brilliant stuff. Enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, so hopefully Dan will come up with something in a bit. So, it's that time of the show to say, what did we watch this week? What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots. Um, I'll start... I'll, Tell you about the first one. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this video because, like, I was going to play the Dead Snow trailer a minute ago, but I'm really not confident and I'm probably going to cock it up. So there's no point <laughs> me now. So I might just move on without it because mm-hmm. I, I just can't do it. My, my screen's in the wrong place. So um, I watched Tales from the Crypt, the Amicus collection, um, which is a bit like um, Hammer House Heart. I think mm-hmm. they were American production company made in england yeah so tales from the crypt there is uh six or maybe seven different stories with lots of famous actors in um literally what's that the the main story there was one with joan collins in um probably 1972 Mm. um very attractive in 1972 i must say um Mm. And she kills her husband and a psychotic. I don't know if I'm, I don't think I mentioned this last week, but a psychotic um, prisoner's escaped and stolen a Santa Claus outfit. So he's dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah, knocks at her house. She's she's already killed her husband. Now he wants to kill her. So that's one story. And and the daughter. There's a, uh, another one. Um, about some old fella lives across the street. He's, he's a bit of an odd one, but the people across the street don't really want him living there because they think he's weird and they stitch him up and he kills himself and then he comes back. <laughs> um, so lot, lots of stories along those lines. And there's a kind of... The, the, the Crypt Keeper is a bit rubbish, really. Um, it's mm-hmm. just a monk, but he's quite a famous person, plays him. So and what's, what's, the, what's the premise of t- t- Tales from the Crypt? Is it just... Well, it's just they're all there. They've, they've all been taken there to be sent to, like, hell, basically. Right. So there are people that have done um, bad things, and they must pay the price for that. Um, so it looks like at the end they're all going off to fall down into a 
into hell, basically. Mm. That's how I interpreted it. <laughs> so, uh, so I watched that. Um, I own that on Blu-ray. I've got another one to do um, called Vault of Horror. So it was like a double collection on Blu-ray. So mm. yeah, I've got that to do next week. Um, I watched Bubba Hotep. I don't know if you know what that is. Nope. <laughs> uh, it stars Bruce Campbell as a Elvis Presley in an old people's home. <laughs> so okay. basically, Elvis wants to perform live, but as an impersonator. So he talks to an impersonator and gets him to this impersonator will be Elvis, and here go and do the impersonating. But the impersonator <laughs> guy who's now playing Elvis dies. So Elvis is really alive still, not dead, but in an old people's home with a sore penis. Um, <laughs> what does that? Mean? So. Yeah, and there's a <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, <laughs> um, and then there is like an Egyptian sort of where the Bubba Ho comes from, um, thing haunted him, and he's sucking the life force from old people's bottoms. <laughs> Okay. And uh... <laughs> they battle this Egyptian or mummified or whatever that is thing. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Jess, Jess yeah. is saying, yeah, J J Jason's right. It is the shit. It's amazing. And definitely that's one you need to see you in, really. Okay. It's a family favourite in our house. Um, <laughs> he says Bruce Campbell, yeah? From it Evil is Bruce Death. Campbell. Um, I don't know if I could... I... Did have a copy of it here somewhere. Um, you could have a look what it looked like. I don't know where it's gone, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. Okay, hang on, let me just grab that. I know we're live. There you go. <laughs> That's what you want to look for. Okay, right, okay, gotcha. But he's amazing, probably the best Elvis I've ever seen, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and check it out. I know it'd be right up your street to be honest. You'll enjoy that. Um, let's move on to the next one. Hills Run Red. I watched. Um, I'm not going to give that one away, but go and check it out. Hills Run Red. It's quite gory. It's quite graphic in parts. Well worth a watch. And on, we didn't do the podcast on Sunday. Um, I know everyone was busy, so I went and watched the Batman. Mm. And it's the first time that, I, you know, I went to this um, showcase cinema and, you know, went with the old gallery and you can drink beer in there. <laughs> so I had a pint Excellent. of Heineken or two while watching, yeah, the, the, you know, the Batman. Mm. Um, what can I say about this film? There, there were there were parts of it where I was looking at my son. He's only fifteen. Um, he was looking at me. I'm looking at him. And this film is amazing. It is the best film I've seen at the cinema for a long time. It was much better than The Matrix, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've yet to see The Matrix, so I, I can't yeah, pass judgment. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> I was. It was long, but it 
it didn't make me think, you know, do you know when you get an art, you know, you get a numb ass and that, and then you think, mm. oh, I need a piss and I need to yeah, get out yeah. there and, you know, but I didn't feel like that at all, even after two pints of Heineken um, mm. and snacks. So, <laughs> what can I say? I think it was perfect, pretty much. Nothing about it annoyed me. I loved it when he kind of juiced himself up and beat the living shit out of that bloke. Um, <laughs> I think it was year two. Um, so he's still learning the rock. Well, learning the job, I suppose, as a Batman. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I don't know what other people think. I, don't, I, well, I know you well, watched it, it last week, didn't you? You couldn't really talk about it. I, yeah, I couldn't talk about it because I'd signed a embargo saying I couldn't talk about it until uh, the Monday after I saw it. Um, it was, it, yeah, it was an interesting one because I, um, I did really enjoy it. Um, I thought, especially after um, the sort of DC EU extended universe, whatever people call it, um, movies about Batman with uh, Ben Affleck and such. I, th I, I think we haven't had a good batman movie in a in quite a long time i mean certainly certainly not since i mean the dark knight rises was okay but i mean the dark knight was the sort of the probably the zenith of batman film, films in my opinion i haven't seen the keaton ones so that's probably a a, a bad judgment but i i, I like the first two mm. the keaton ones yeah yeah um, so I thought this one was really, really good, and um, I, I, I don't know what I expected, but I guess I didn't expect it to be um, as good as I as, as I thought it was. Um, the, the, there are a few, so, so it kind of takes a very sort of neo noir kind of feel to it, sort of atmosphere. So it's clearly taken from films like Seven, and there's a bit of Zodiac in there. So very sort of David Fincher kind of bleakness to it um and uh, rob pattinson is is playing batman who's very sort of um he's far less sort of hench than um uh ben affleck or, or christian bale which i kind of liked it kind of brought a, a more of a humanity to him like when like when people punched him he felt it you know yeah, um yeah. And, and i quite and i quite liked that because it was sort of um it gave it gave him a vulnerability and the sort of the trouble with a lot of superhero movies is that <laughs> is that they um just they're sort of immortal really they're invincible and you can't and you can't kill them and that and therein lies a problem with uh, to do with conflict and stuff like that so i quite liked the fact that he was vulnerable um there, there, there are a few there are a few things i i i I didn't really like about it. I mean, I, I didn't think it needed to be three hours long, although I, I didn't, I was never bored. That's, that's the interesting thing. Is well, that... I can't wait for the director's cut. <laughs> yeah. Five seven hours, hours long. long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't utterly convinced by the sort of romance between Batman and Catwoman. I, I, I liked their chemistry. I liked the, the sort of actors chemistry with each other, but I didn't, um, it was weird because I, I presumed, um, I, I think understandably, that um, that Catwoman's um, roommate, uh, who uh, who they investigate, um, like together with with Batman, was was that, uh, I assume that was her partner, and that she was and that she was sort of bisexual, um, and so I was a bit confused at the fact that sort of and this may be reading too much into it, I'm not sure, but I I, I was the the fact that Catwoman 
was so drawn towards Batman after her partner was sort of kidnapped. It, it, it kind of didn't really, um, I, I don't know, it, it didn't really convince me of that. And she's always like, and it's it's weird because the plot points are sort of like centered around when she kisses him. And it's kind of, I don't know, I, I felt like they were trying to force them together when they didn't really need to be. Um, uh, and it's weird because I saw a new, I saw a newspaper report afterwards um, saying that, uh, saying that the filmmaker Matt Reeves deliberately made um, Catwoman's sexuality ambiguous. And it's funny, I, I didn't think it was ambiguous at all. Um, and I do wonder whether it's um, it's a way of trying to sort of because obviously this is a big superhero movie, and there are a lot of countries in the world that doesn't that don't approve of of different sexualities. And you've had this before with a lot of um, uh, Disney products with like Star Wars and Marvel, in that they kind of reduce the amount of sort of um, LGBT stuff because they don't want China to be angry, <laughs> and and China is a big market for those kinds of movies. And so you're seeing a kind of I don't know. There's a kind of trepidation towards being out showing LGBT relationships sort of outright because you don't want to upset international countries. Um, I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I didn't consider this as I was watching it because I just assumed that that was the case, um, but with the comments made afterwards, it, it kind of like, it, I don't know, it kind of makes you feel a bit, I don't know, maybe it's slightly uneasy, but I did, I did like it a lot. I, I did like this film, especially um, uh, the Riddler played by Paul Deneau, um, who was perfect casting. Um, I, I don't think he has done like a mainstream uh, superhero movie before. Um, and he's very much, I mean, Paul Deneau tends to play sort of, sort of psychologically disturbed characters anyway tends to be the sort of introvert sort of um uh villain and here it's kind of interesting because in light of the criticisms of uh joker with joaquin phoenix um i, I personally love joker but a lot of the criticisms around it was that it was sort of glorifying uh sort of incel culture um and but i and, and i I sort of like that in in the Batman, they sort of it's almost like they confront that thing because Paul Deneau as the Riddler is very much a sort of a rising incel, almost like a proud boy who's inspired by the Batman to sort of bring down uh, authorities um, by themselves. And he's he quite was no he's Jim quite... Carrey, though. He was no Jim Carrey, mate. <laughs> I've seen clips of Jim Carrey as the Riddler. It was, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a um, it was a different different Riddler to what I've ever seen, even in the old sixties TV show. Yeah, which, well, I, which I nearly well, revisited the other day. Um, well, well, I, I'm not sure if um, again I, I haven't seen like um, any of the animated Batman's. Um, uh, I think the only other Batman property I've I've seen that's away from like sort of mainstream movies is is the is the first um, Arkham Asylum game. But interestingly, the Riddler's not really featured much in. I mean, it's, it's certainly the first time in a while that the Riddler's been featured. Um, I wonder if that is because of like um, memories of Jim Carrey, because it's sort of it's he's quite a sort of like a bouncy character. And you know, with the DCEU and with um, uh, the Dark Knight and stuff like that, it's kind of like he, 
because these films aspired to be much darker than sort of that sort of stuff, it's sort of they sort of avoided it. But they, I think they've done it quite well. I mean, obviously, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not a massive sort of comic book fan personally, so I, I might be getting all this wrong. But it's sort of, um, it was an interesting take on 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 sort of a, a beloved villain, I suppose. Um, also, I, I didn't quite understand. There was an aspect. I mean, I'm sure Lawrence will be able to clear this up, or, or you, or whatever. Um, but he he's constantly referred to as Vengeance. It's almost like another name, and I I didn't understand that personally. I don't. Know I don't know if he was comics. called Batman yet, was he or not? But but the Riddler calls him Batman because he? he gives him the letters and stuff. So he clearly yeah. has the Batman. But maybe uh, I quite I like know. Vengeance. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and it's fine. It's just I didn't understand. They didn't explain it at all, and no, I and I and I wonder good. if that's like deep comic book lore or something that pe- that people who were into it really understood, but that people like yeah. me who did, haven't read them sort of didn't. I haven't read any of them, so yeah. no, I love that, and I might go again next week. I am hmm. considering it because I like to watch a film a couple of times before I actually know what's going on. Hmm. Um, so I might go again next week. So that was pretty much all of. All I've watched. That's a fair bit, though. Um, so, what have you been watching? Um, so uh, today, I um, was invited to go to a screening of uh, Red Rocket, which is uh, a new film by uh, Sean Baker, who did the Florida Project uh, a few years ago um, with William Dafoe. Um, it's a sort of it's quite it's quite a sort of indie movie about um, a uh, retired porn star. Who goes back from uh, he he travels from Los Angeles to his hometown in Texas, and goes to visit um, his wife, whom he's who he's, he's separated from, and wants to live there because he's kind. It's clearly he's he's run out of money, and um, he wants to um, sort of shack with them for a few days. But a few days turns into a few weeks, and he tries to get a job, but no one hire him, so he ends up dealing drugs. Um, and it's it's a it's a very interesting film because. At the at sort of the first half hour, I was sort of, despite the fact this guy is a bit of an asshole, I was a bit of like, yeah, I quite, I quite like this guy's personality is quite sort of out there, but I'm sort of enjoying him. But then after half an hour, he becomes he he becomes even more and more of a dick. And interesting thing about the film is that it didn't um, it didn't actually put me off the film at all. It was genuinely fascinating just to watch him go about his life sort of like he's he kind of manipulates people um uh, especially women um he then sort of forms a a quite a dodgy sexual relationship with a 17 year old girl um who works at a donut shop um and it's kind of and then he's sort of like he's he's quite he's quite predatory it's it's not it's not um like it's it's not like pedophile territory but it's kind of um because there's a kind of I don't know he he he's he, he's not nice but he's 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 not like awful he's not a horrible person but he's very kind of like he almost grooms her to be like an aspiring porn actress um for when she turns 18 and it's a really sort of it's it's really gross and but it's it's I, I was just sitting there kind of like almost fascinated to see where this story goes and similar to the Florida Project, Sean Baker really loves the world in which he explores. And it's almost, even though it's very kind of almost true to life, 
it, it's very much like he creates these little spots like he creates like the donut shop and like a, a local supermarket and there's like a, a what we're called the food store and stuff like that. so, so it's very much in this world and you can like imagine it it's very much a character piece um and luckily and i think it's good actually because a lot a lot of times with these sorts of films where it's like a horrible character at the center of it a lot of times it's there's a kind of um that they kind of like morally redeem him like or, or they give him a sub story or stuff like that but sean baker disposes of all that entirely it's kind of like he's saying this guy is an asshole <laughs> you, you have to deal with that and there's no excuse for it he's just he's just a terrible person and i quite like that i thought it was quite brave because you know i, I think there are a few directors who can like um tell a story and keep the audience hooked when there's this when, when it's an asshole at the center of it um i thought it was very good um and i i i quite enjoy it but again it's not it's not a it's sometimes not an easy watch um uh because you just see someone doing sort of sort of heinous things in some ways i mean he doesn't like go out and murder anyone but it's sort of like it's it's on the sort of he's a sort of hedonistic horror show <laughs> in some ways um so yeah i sort of recommend that um I also have been rewatching uh, My Brilliant Friend, which is a Italian series. Um, it's very good. Um, it's about uh, two best friends in Naples who grow up during sort of mid mid twentieth century Italy um, in Naples, and it's it's a really lovely sort of coming of age tale about how um, women were often discouraged from education, but these two girls like um stick at their education and be well and there's a lot of sort of um uh aspects of classism as well in that um a lot of the working class kids were sort of discouraged and told not to go educate because we don't want to educate the working class people um and then they sort of grow up and you sort of see their that their lives sort of differing so one girl goes on to um sort of high school and middle school and eventually to university whilst the other girl sort of falls deeper into poverty and works in a shoe shop and has to sort of struggle on her own um it's based on the elephant and Ferranti novels which are best-selling novels um it's it, it's it's a it's a really it's a really really good show um and uh i've been re-watching that because the third season's coming out this week i think america got it a couple of weeks ago but um yeah third season's coming out this week um nice. So that's good. Uh, also, lastly, I've been rewatching. I've been rewatching episodes of The Simpsons um, because I have a uh, I have a Disney Plus subscription, and I thought, oh, this might because I because I'd run out of things to watch in the morning. They all on there. Yeah, yeah, all of them are on there. So I'm wow. I saw, I think I started from like series five, season five, um, which is pretty much my the, the Simpsons episodes that I sort of grew up on. Um, and they're just they're so funny and i i, I it's it, it's funny nowadays because every all the classic simpsons are sort of memed in some ways and you can see all the all the sort of memes of the simpsons those classic episodes of the simpsons like all around and it's funny watching the actual episodes where the memes occur um but it's but it's so sort of i mean it's surreal it's funny i watched the um treehouse of horror episode where, where they take the piss yeah. out of the shine they take the piss out shining recently and it's it's just like just just excellent it just excellent piss taking <sighs> done in such a small amount of time um and the animation's amazing as well i mean it's probably a bit dated by today's standards but it's so sort of 
uh, strange at times. It's so sort of graphic and it goes into directions that you're just not expecting. And, you know, there's a reason why it's often called the best car best cartoon ever made i'm not sure if it's it's um if 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 it's still as good i mean i I don't think any of the recent episodes sort of um hold to the same standard as as the um the ones that i'm watching now but i it's still um it's 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 very enjoyable just to go back and um, watch all these even though I've, i've seen them a million times they're still um still great excellent so dan sent over Dan's pick, which is called Climax. Yes. Am I 2018? Yeah, I've it's seen it. Drama musical. Is he taking the piss? No, um, no, it's um a, it, a, a group of French dancers gather in an empty school to rehearse and party. However, their celebration soon turns into a nightmare when they realize that their drinks are spiked with LSD. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. It's a great Sounds movie. Is it? Is it? It is French. Is it? Or... It's French movie. It's directed by um, Gaspar Noé, who did uh, things like Irreversible, uh, yeah. Into the Void, um, uh, and I think this one. This one was like initially like almost like a side project in some ways, but it's a very. It's because it's very small. It's very centered. It's very focused, um, but it's it's crazy. Um, I think the first 20, 20 minutes are a bit are are a bit sort of laborious, but once you get over those twenty minutes, it's like a really sort of hypnotic, psychedelic experience. It's really sort of I think I've seen it twice. Um, it's good. Okay, well, look forward to that. Larry's got free to watch in the next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, next week, I think we mentioned. I think I put it on the group chat. Maybe drag. Is it drag me to hell, or is it drag you to hell, or what is it? It's... I think I think it's drag me to hell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or drag us to hell. Drag, Wait, drag me it? to hell. Drag me to hell. Okay. Which I've seen a few times. I think I own it. So, yeah. Why not? Hopefully, hmm. we get all four of us on next week. Um, yep. You know, and that'd be our episode seventy-two, which is absolutely madness. Um, thanks, <laughs> thanks for everyone in the group chat. Um, you know, YouTube chat tonight. That's been great fun. Um, sorry I couldn't do the trailers and things, but I'm just not capable. <laughs> um, not with where my screen is. Yeah, so next week we will be back with our episode... Was it 72? Mm. I think it is, yeah. Se- yeah. Episode 72, Drag Me to Hell. So we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening and watching. Cheers. Bye.